Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oi, Roy Kent here. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. All right, for copyright reasons, that wasn't actually Roy Kent or Brett Goldstein. Just a generic sounding angry ex-footballer type. It's a big show for us today, everyone. We can finally afford Wonga's legal bills and Jimmy's CPL gambling debts. It's Footy Prime, the podcast... Shaman, Wonger, Forrest, Dunlop, <laughs> Brennan. It's going to be a great show today, boys and girls. Uh, later on, we're joined by Canada and Nottingham Forest's own Richie Larea. Woo! Big, big show. But you might have some new listeners. For the first time, because of our new association with the star and North Star Bets, fellas, we might have some new listeners today. So if this is your first time, we'll be tender with you. But let's give you a brief idea of who we are and what we are. Craig Forrest and Jimmy Brennan are washed up, has been footballers. Brennan Dunlop and myself, Jeremy are also, we're washed up, has been network TV broadcasters. That's Dan right. Wong's a broken down shell of his former self. And partially. Jeff correct. Cole is just magnificent. Is that about right, boys? Did I kind yeah. of nail it there? You got it nailed. Entirely yeah. accurate. I don't think yeah. Brennan's washed up yet. No, Thanks, he's boy. got another, another six months. The phone's not ringing. <laughs> No. <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for telling it like it is charms yeah i appreciate what it a, right? what an asshole <laughs> maybe i have to write some more books yeah but you know <laughs> yeah. what let me just say i think of the lot of us uh i'm pretty sure i'm the only one that's been a, a written a contributor to the toronto star a legacy newspaper brand the biggest newspaper in the country so i have that on you lot i've had um an article written about my pie business about you but i wrote it with my own words and my own fingertips. <laughs> oh, right. so, so, so from a narcissistic standpoint, you definitely win that. I'm yeah, way that. to go. You, you, you misuse that word a lot, I think. Narcissist. Narcissistic? No, narcissist in general. Hell. Well, because you, you toss it around at like players and coaches that I don't think are truly narcissists. Oh, like Ronaldo? Not a narcissist. <laughs> The guy's got 37 mirrors in his front hallway, for Christ's sakes. Just because you love yourself doesn't make you a narcissist. A narcissist I, think that's, I think that's the definition of narcissism. A narcissist manipulates and controls other people because they have their own problems and demons they cannot deal with. And we all know Ronaldo definitely has some of those, but he deals with his problems really well by scoring goals. 
All right. Well, listen, just close down dictionary.com there for a second, okay? And and we'll all agree that that you're wrong and I'm right in this particular instance. Um, Wonga, though, like, let's explain to the new viewers, right? What, listeners, viewers, whatever. What, what is Footy Prime? And what's this new stuff about exactly? Narcissism is a self-centered personality <laughs> style characterized as having an excessive interest in one's physical appearance and excessive preoccupation with one's own needs, often at the expense of others. Hey, so, Dan, do you know what? Um, I think you should tell my mother-in-law that because she used it all the time and had no goddamn clue what it meant. Ex-mother-in-law. My ex-mother-in-law. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Charms, the answer to that is we've created a great partnership. After 194 shows, we've created a great partnership with Torstar. They're going to be helping us move forward in this brand new media space. Our first sponsor is Northstar Bets. So if you're excited about gambling, which we do every week with Footy Picks, you're going to be getting talked to about signing up with Northstar Bets. URL will be footy.northstarbets.ca. And we want you guys to all hit that. But basically it allows us to do continue what we're doing four times a week across the board. We're going to be doing all kinds of new things. And uh, it lines up perfectly with our new team teammate with Jimmy B and the old guard with Dunny, Craig, Sharms, and myself and JC, who does all of our grand openings. So exciting times. Um, I think you're going to hear a few new warnings at the top and bottom of shows, but that's about it. Just to make sure you know what we're doing. And we're excited about this. I think it's a, an excellent opportunity. And even more than that, a legitimate brand now legitimates us. It's fantastic. And uh, Jimmy's our relationship expert. So, you know, we'll be talking a lot about, you know, relationships and marriage mm. and things. And like I think, that. you know, that song sponsorships that we had, I think it finally worked. Sponsorships. Yes. <laughs> we could almost hey, do like us. a, we could almost do a five aside. To do. <laughs> we could almost do a five aside ex-wife team. Couldn't we almost? Ooh. Why are you predicting my future? Ooh. I don't want to. I don't want to be in that line. No, not just yet. We've got three. We've got three of them though so far, right? So I'm just yeah, saying, your we days could, are at some numbered. Point broach that subject. Oh, what do you say, Craig? His days are numbered. <laughs> they, mo most most married, most married men feel that in their mid thirties before children. I feel like that's probably a. I didn't yeah, get married until I was forty one. Wow, five 41. years it lasted. Mm -hmm. That's all. You should have waited yeah, until you're mature. You think you know what you're doing. Oh, no. I still don't know what I'm doing. But I think I'm going to be a... At 40, Jimmy, at I 41. still think I'm going to be a professional athlete of some kind. Curling, darts. You and I are going to be... We're going to join... We're going to make our own curling team, and we're going to be the national curling team. We're going to win. I'm, he's, I'm a, not, he's a darts champion. How do you go with curling? Team up with him at darts? I, I, it's, it, it's a pub sport. I know he's good at pub sports. Division two. I am too. Division two champion. And by the way, Dan, I'm going to tell you a little story. When I went curling for the first time at a charity event, I get to this charity event and I've got my skinny jeans on. I'm looking, looking the part. And they give you a tutorial before how to, how to come off fuck. the block and throw it. Right. So I'm watching everybody do it. And all of a sudden there's like five lanes, you know, the ice, everybody's playing. It's my turn to get on. Okay. And you guys know, I, like, I'm, I'm a commando guy. I don't wear boxers. And we don't know that. As I get, as I get, as I get down low and I spring off this board, my technique, everything's looking great. All of a, all of a sudden you hear rip. I tore the ass out of my pants. Okay. The rock goes flying down and you're supposed to yell like harder and move and 
I go straight up and I go stand against the wall. And my buddy's like, what's the matter? I said, I just tore the ass out of my pants. So I call my brother. He's five minutes away from his house. I'm like, Mike, I've just tore the ass out of my pants at this, this charity event. I need you to grab me a pair of jeans. So he goes, okay, no problem. I'll swing over. He comes back with another pair of jeans. It's my turn again. Straight down, rip. Twice, I tore the ass out of these jeans. Okay? My brother's sitting there with a beer watching, laughing his ass off. So I'm looking at him like, Mike, you got to help me. He goes to his old dirty truck, and he's got paint, drywall dust all over these track pants. I finished off with this cool T-shirt and old shitty track pants in this charity event and ripped two pairs of jeans. So I'm not going curling again, Warner. I'll play darts. All right. We're going to be on the national darts team. That's Who even attempts to go curling in skinny jeans, bro? Jimmy well, does. they didn't tell. They didn't say wear track pants or wear, you know, something that's flexible. You, yeah, you never saw the Olympics? You didn't see that it was like a lunging motion? Yeah, but I didn't think I was going to get that low. As you can tell, <laughs> regarding narcissism, we're what we are about uh, 10 minutes into the soccer podcast, and we've done nothing but talk about ourselves so far. So this is pretty much what you're going to get. This is normal. Now, I do feel a bit guilty because, you know, our news this week really transcends the news that's happened across Europe in the football world this week. The big one being, of course, Erling Braut Haaland officially moving to Man City as of July the 1st. Um, it's been kind of overshadowed in the papers by, by our big deal, sadly. But it is a big deal. It is a big story, Craig. And we've been thinking about this for a while and, and what Man City must do and need to do and what would this mean for them. Now it's official. And now we've seen all the, uh, the photoshops of Haaland in the blue of Man City. It looks good, actually. It kind of suits him, I think. What does this mean for the rest of Europe? Watch out. They have to, they have to win the Champions League now. I mean, they play incredible football already. They're one of the best teams in the world, no question. Um... And now you add this talent. Like this guy is a generational player. He really is. I think he's that good. I mean, the, the, he scored at every level. Every level. Born in Leeds as well. Interesting. Yeah, of course. His dad, Alfie Inga Haaland, played at Leeds played and, of course, at Man City as well. So he played knows against the him a few times. Yeah. He was never going to score. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess when, when you when you grow up as a footballer and you have a kid that's got some talent, if you're not a, a prolific goal scorer, you know, if you're a defensive midfielder, defender, you, you want your kid to be a striker, don't you, really? Having seen seen how they're treated compared to the rest of you scumbags in, in the room and in the stands. Well, Jimmy was a striker when he started, but then he went to England. They're like, no, no, you <laughs> What happened there, Jimmy? Shite. Shite. Well, I started, I started as a striker when I first went over. Um, things were going really well. And then yeah. I got pushed out to left wing. And then the wing back role came into play. And then I ended up going to wing back, left wing back. And I think because I'm, I'm six foot, and I think if I was six four, I think they would have just stuck me in net. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> they just kept on pushing foot. me back. No, he's six foot because I'm 5'11", and he's an inch taller than me. When we were drinking beer, I noticed this. I'm, I'm just over six foot. And you yes. know how I know because every time you come out of the convenience store gas stations, I always look at that six foot line. Yeah, me too. Because I'm trying to say how fast I can run if I stole gas. <laughs> and when you look up at it, it doesn't mean you're level with it. 
<laughs> Good if point, you can reach guy. it, it doesn't mean you're six foot. <laughs> well, it worked out for you, the position conversion. You know, for me, it was at the age of eight where the coaching staff realized, look, this kid's parents have paid the fee already and uh, there's no way we're putting him out in the field. So let's try and let's try and make him a goalkeeper. And I got three tournaments in Michigan with a combined goal differential, I think, uh, gave up 36 in uh, in four games. And that was the end of my goalkeeper. Dude, I, I, we need to invest. I know we're talking about Holland and it's important, but this has come up a lot. Are you serious? It was at eight years old, eight years old. That and was, that, that was the end of my started saying this kid, it's too shitty or these guys are not like, because at eight years old for me, it was the still... truth hurts. Wonger, the truth hurts. Yeah. Wonger, it was legit. Like this kid's parents paid the fee. There's no way he can play in the middle of the park with the rest of these Balkan kids. Let's see if he can wear the gloves. And I was like, good enough in training. And every time I went to Michigan, well, I'd just get torched. Jesus. Do you think, B, if they're more patient with you, you, you could have stayed out and become a, a better player and maybe by this point, be in the World Cup, have enjoyed a good career. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. Not. You're, you're too old for that now. I, I yeah. think I think the uh, the U nine FC Nationals coaching staff they ruined what could have been a very prosperous, promising goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I don't know how coaches. Something. Yeah, go ahead. I would like to say something. There's not a fucking chance that Dunlop had any chance of being a professional footballer. Has anybody seen him play? Normally, if you watch somebody, you can see little glimpses and go, "Okay, there, yeah, there's something there." There's nothing there. It's all confidence, Jim. I read the game so well. Eight years of age. No, I read the game so. If you see the space I leave around me, if you that's what Starkey you... said about you. He goes, he, he breaks down the game so well. He must be great out there. And I'm like, I yeah. I've you seen know you go- I've only seen you golf. You know what, Jimmy? You shouldn't envy this. Okay, you shouldn't. You shouldn't uh, imagine you. You've someone gifted that see the game beautifully. You can see these spaces. You know how to uh, play the the game, and your body does it. I only have half of that. I can see and I know what to do, but my body doesn't get there. So be grateful that you're not in that position. Okay, my body's incapable of doing what my mind knows it should be doing. Be okay, natural so- athletes will never understand this. You can't convince them. They have no you're clue. Right. They don't. But you know, you know when you're like eight and you're playing kickball, you know, like soccer, what baseball. Kickball? What is kickball? Soccer, baseball. Kickball in the in the on the cement with that big utility red what? kick. Soccer, baseball. Red You've soccer never baseball. played the charms. Sounds like the stupidest. You missed out on Canadian living. You can't even get at it. Late. Yeah, it's baseball diamond, but with a yeah. soccer ball, and the, the and pitcher rolls it. it, and you kick it into yeah. the outfield. Yeah, stupid. Okay, could you oh, kick it? Awesome. Could you catch it? Could, was any of that happening at like eight or nine? No? For me, for soccer, yeah. I, I, I okay. mean, it was a bell in the ball. I was, I was, you know, decent enough <laughs> handling the ball, but I was also like a road hockey goalie. He gave up 36 goals. These kids were doing bicycle kicks from the top of the 16-yard box. Didn't they know about beats back then? You give oh, one of those man. guys a like elbow in the, in the kidney and they stop doing a bicycle kick. Was there ever a time, though, Jimmy or Craig, where, I mean, you, you're obviously good athletes and you played at a high level. Was there ever a point in your careers when, when you hit maybe for a new club or a training session and you realize, wow, I've got a lot to learn here. I'm a bit out of my depth. Or do you always feel and have that, that swagger about you that, nah, I'll get this figured out? No. <laughs> Cocky prick. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I was, uh, uh, that's why I went over at 16. They go over even younger now, but 16. Not even then? But- Pardon me? Not even then, when you were 16, when you hit that first session, you, you oh, still felt good about yourself? No, no, I, 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 I did feel good about myself 
in many aspects, but there was several that I was, I was struggling with. But that's why you go over there at that age, as opposed to going over, if, if I'd gone over at 17, 18, even, you got to be a little bit more of the finished product, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, I show up, I'm six foot five, I'm 16. So obviously they're like, hmm, can you catch a ball? Well, eh, debatable, but <laughs> the frame helped. Nowadays, for a goalkeeper, sixteen comes around. They're like, "Well, can can you can you kick the ball? Can you dribble? How's your pass? Can you ping it sixty yards?" Different different criteria now compared to back then. I bet. Yeah, using your left foot, right foot. At some level, I mean, I could hit hit a left foot really thirty yards, forty yards. It wasn't great, but at least it was adequate or I'd use the outside of my right foot sometimes. <laughs> see at my age they realize, well, he's he's got two feet, but he can't use them. He's got two hands. Let's see if he can use those. Couldn't use so those either. Six months and three tournaments, we figured it out. Chocolate feet, chocolate hands. Hey Jimmy, what about you? You, you came to England when you were how old? Seventeen. Seventeen. Now do you remember your first session? Yeah. At Bristol City smashed. was it? Yeah. I got hit so hard I think my brothers felt it back in Canada. <laughs> and that it was, was miserable. Sent to you. Was that from one yeah, of the message. Well, because I went over and they're thinking, oh, here comes a guy. You should be playing hockey. You shouldn't be playing football. And then they test you right away, right? So as soon as I took a touch, this guy goes right through me. And I was like, oh, that one hurt. <laughs> I got back up and the game's going on. But five minutes later, ball's in the air. I go for a header. The center back comes, smashes me. And then you get to the point where I'm going, okay, like I'm, you know, I'm trying to just focus and play football. And then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to mint somebody here. And the next ball came and rolled across and I two footed this guy so hard. And I had about eight of, eight of the players come run on me. I thought they were going to beat the shit out of me. And it wasn't until the manager grabbed me and went, little pat in the back and said, well done, son. And I went, oh, thank you. <laughs> and then he offered me a contract after my first game. Is that Joe Jordan? No, it was Russell Osman. Russell, I know yeah. Russell Osmond well. Yeah, Ipswich legend. Yeah, yeah I, he was big, part of the Osmond yeah. family. That's right. That's right. Him yeah. and Donnie and Marie. Yeah. <laughs> a good-looking guy too, like Donnie. Yeah. Good at Ipswich. Uh, really great in Vegas. <laughs> really good-looking guy. Tanned, beautiful yeah. hair. Drove a Jag. Yeah, he's he knew, still he good-looking. He's in his sixties. <laughs> yeah. Still pulling chicks. Oh, could he ever pull a chick? So we can all agree that Man City's got the best-looking team in the Champions League next year. Are they going to pull trophies? I don't think Holland is necessarily good-looking. I just think he looks good in the blue shirt. Paper, he's kind of, weird. Think... He's kind of like that, that Viking look to him, right? A little bit intimidating. <laughs> Didn't mean to think. You're not a big he, fan of Holland's he, looks. He's not a, he's not a good-looking lad. He's 21, for Christ. He's never going to look better. And he's, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he can. Well, he's got the money now. He can fix himself up if he wants. Oh, there's a lot of work there to be done. Do they? I think he'd be doing just fine. Yeah, but do you guys think honestly he's going to go to the Premier League and tear it up? Yes, I think he might. I do. In that team, I don't know. I think he might struggle at first. No. Now, now, why do you say that? Obviously, we, we do see it from time to time. Look at Jaden Sancho, right? Also from Dortmund. Yeah. Tore up Germany for a couple of years. Had a very trying first year at United. Different kind of player, though. So, so why do you think Haaland will have difficulty in that first few months? 
I think I think it's going to be difficult for him. Like, look, when you're playing Liverpool, you're playing Chelsea, you're playing Tottenham, Man U, like you're talking hey, about some of the best defenders in the world. Yeah, but he's getting world. set up we, by De Bruyne every fucking yeah, other game. Didn't, you know what I mean? Out. He's going to get no chances. Oh, he's going to get so many chances, Jimmy. Honestly. I bet so, he, so, okay, guys. So tell me this, Craig. Craig 23 tell me this. goals so, at least. So Highland, right? There's this touted guy for lots of money, comes over. His wages are astronomical, right? He's going to be the next big thing in world football. Um, has he still got to prove himself to his teammates? What's the best thing he can do when he arrives at Man City in that first day at the training ground? What's the best thing he can do? Score goals. Score goals in training. That's where it. they just go, wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it. Simple as that. Simple as that. And if he misses a target in his first shot, they're going to go, he's shit. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Stumbles over, kicks his standing leg. So, and then he'll lose his confidence like Dunlop when he's eight years old and he'll be no- nothing moving forward, oh, right? So that I first session what. is key, is it? That oh, yeah. Where did it all go I wrong for what, Erling Holland? If he doesn't work out, it's going to be, I'll uh, be, oh, he's too good. He's too good. He's got the mentality yeah. for it too. I can't, I mean, I can't believe he's only 21. Well, he's, Coming up to twenty-two, but massive just think pressure of, on Pep. Think right, about right. his rise, though. Yeah, massive pressure on Pep. But think you think about Holland's rise. He joined in January before the pandemic, so he got six weeks, seven games, or something like that before the shutdown, and he absolutely torched that stretch in normal circumstances. Then they come back in empty stadiums, and he was the best player in the Bundesliga in a year where Bayern were what you know arguably the best team in the world they were the best team in the world if you rate the FIFA Club World Cup mm-hmm. and he's just been so dominant in a team that's not as skilled obviously and not as supportive as Man City so that's why Jimmy I am quite confident that he's going to just bag goals for fun because he doesn't have to rely on his own natural skill as much as he did before he'll be able to kind of rely on teammates and he'll, he'll adapt his game. And I just think elevate it to a point where he will be unstoppable. I, um, I, I look at it, I look at it and I think, okay, he's, and don't get me wrong. The guy's unbelievable and I hope he does do well, but I just don't think it's going to be that easy. Well, well, for him. You could be absolutely right, but I, I just don't see it. Cause I, I just everywhere and every level he's played at he just he's got a nag of scoring lots of goals lots of goals he walks into a team that's already made it's a probably english champions once again yeah Um, probably the best coach in world football probably the best midfielder in the english premier league you know he's not gonna the team has nothing to prove overall sure in europe it does but overall in the domestically they can they can take their time he can mm-hmm. be eased in i think mm-hmm. they've got so much depth there but the question is be who leaves you know you know someone's gonna leave jesus has been mentioned to be on his way to arsenal he's already uh, gone you think he's already he's jesus is already gone yeah absolutely i think that they all knew that holland yeah, was he's gonna... coming back in three days <laughs> 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 Very good belated Easter joke there. Yes, thank Longer. you. Well done. <laughs> I was super Catholic as a kid, man. <laughs> Gabby hey, Jesus is gone. I think one thing would be great. One thing about Holland, wasn't the Norwegian national team and Holland quite outspoken about where the World Cup was being held? Especially yes. when they realized they couldn't qualify. Has he looked at the owners of Man City? <laughs> Not Qatari, but yes. Don't complicate no. the poor kid's mind, Craig. Come on. 
The, we and, we and take guys, moral stands when it's convenient, okay? I, I when it's not convenient, we keep quiet about it. Yeah, 500,000 a week, it kept them quiet. <laughs> I don't want to scare you, but we ranked uh, top 50 in soccer in Saudi Arabia this week. <laughs> I think our podcast is Uh-oh. gaining some traction. Jeez, and really? and uh, Bonesaw might be have to go on the cupboard like we were talking about last week. Ooh. Yeah. We were well, I didn't mention it. You the guy keeps mentioning it. Wong Dan Wong. Dan Wong says. <laughs> yeah, James right. Harbin. We'll give it. Greg Forrest. Yeah. Greg Forrest. We'll give his address. <laughs> if you get an invite sure. to any kind of embassy, don't go. <laughs> don't go. <laughs> if I can give you guys any advice, don't accept the invitation. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway. No, I wonder if there will be... It's I time wonder for a break, eh? It's time for our first break, actually. How exciting. First time I throw to a break on Footy Prime, the podcast. But coming up is our, certainly my favorite player in world football these days, Richie Larea of Canada, of Nottingham Forest, uh, getting set for an enormous game this Saturday in the playoff championship. We'll get to a lot of that in the coming days, I imagine. But uh, yeah, when we come back, it's going to be Richie Larea. We are back, and as promised, we have a, a guest today, our first guest of the new look, the new feel, the new now finally earning some money, Footy Prime. It's Canadian international, Canadian cult figure, and current Nottingham Forest defender, Richie Larea. Welcome to the show, Richie. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to chop it up with you guys. Well, listen, Richie, it's all about timing, right? You make a mid-season move to a really good club, fighting for promotion. You need some patience. You need to learn the ropes in a new league. We then invite you onto our show. And then straight away, you make your first team full debut for Forrest. Is there something you'd like to say to us? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys very much. You guys should You guys should maybe interview me more often. It'll <laughs> bring a lot of good luck for me. But no, no. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Maybe maybe Jimmy actually put in, put in a word for me over here. Yeah. He's got some pull there, right? I'm a big fan of yours. You know that. <laughs> I'm sure there's a there's a bronze statue of Jimmy outside uh, the stadium there somewhere. But uh, listen, how's it been so far, Richie? I mean, I hear the English can be a pretty strange lot, but how's the experience been so far? Yeah, no, honestly, it's been really good. It's been fun being here. It's a new experience, new culture. Um, obviously, the way they view football over here is, um, you know, I, I like to call it a, it's the a mecca of the world, you know. Uh, it's England's where everyone wants to play, so... I'm very, very excited to be here. And yeah, just every day, I feel like it's a new learning experience for me. Hey, Richie, you hit the ground there at Nottingham when the team is doing incredibly well. I mean, they're just absolutely on a flyer. Uh, The manager, Cooper, uh, some experience with the England under-17 team winning the World Cup as a coach in uh, in 2017, I think, or 18. And uh, anyway, he's doing a fantastic job there at Nottingham. But at the same time, uh, it's hard to get in. The team's... It's just the way football is. Managers are not going to change the team. And uh, uh, what kind of conversations did you have with him about being patient and uh, working on your game and being ready? Because you certainly were ready when you came back to Canada, when you played for Canada and didn't have a stretch of uh, weeks of uh, top-tier top football. So uh, you seemed to be ready and, uh, and waiting and whenever that opportunity came and, and it finally did last weekend. Yeah, no, um, first and foremost, you guys obviously understand football and, you know, it's football that you go through stretches like this. I've been through 
much, much worse in my career. So this is just a little slap on the wrist. So this is this is nothing. And at, at best, I'm I'm in a new country and I'm developing and I'm learning. You know, so that's good. But no, the manager has been been great. He um was open and candid with me when I first got there about me like properly integrated me into the team, which. You know, as as a player, you want to get going from the beginning. But truth be told, I look at that now and I see that obviously playing here in this league for, for this massive club and what's at stake right now, it's you, you do need to take some steps in order to like um, fully acclimatize yourself to what's going on here. So I've obviously slowly but surely been able to understand what that means. He's been open, candid with me. You know, I've been I've done well in training, feel like I've done well in the games that I've gone into as well. So it's. You know, time is everything in this profession, and he just told me to be patient. My chance will come, and they have liked what I've they've seen from me in training, and then obviously more importantly, like you said, going away with the national team and not playing a game since my last national team camp. Going into this last camp was obviously something I was prepared for. I made sure I was doing all the right things and being able to show that. All right, I probably haven't played active football a match in six weeks, but you know. It's part of it, and let me see. Let, let me show people that obviously um, I'm still continuing to develop, and I can still have good games. So that was the biggest takeaway for me from this uh, last little stretch here. Yeah, I think, Rich, I think it would have been a bit difficult as well, you know, for, for the manager realizing that, you know, Canada's got uh, a great opportunity of qualifying for a World Cup. You know, at times, if he puts you in, then all of a sudden now he's got to take you out because he's going to lose you for international duty and then he's swapping and changing the lineup. And, and I think he's he was probably trying to read it right and think, okay, you know, I've got to slowly integrate him. I know he's going to go with the national team. He's got a great opportunity to qualify for this World Cup. But when the time is right, I'm going to get him in as, as, as many times as I can. I think he's done, done well with that. And he had a great debut. The fans really embraced you when he came on, which was, which was brilliant to see. Now, for you, what what do you think? Is there a massive difference now with you playing MLS football, and then now what you're seeing with with the championship? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is, I think the MLS is a top is is a good league, a top league as well, and they're obviously showing that they can develop good players. You have the two countries that the that the leagues in, both in the World Cup, you know, so it's obviously showing good signs and I've always said MLS is going in the in the right direction and it continues to and always will. Um but yeah being here I think one of the, the ones unlike Jimmy, you know, the one that jumps off the wall is the intensity of these games is something probably I've said this to guys, obviously I haven't played I haven't played in Europe before, but if you put the top five leagues in the world, I think the championship has to be the one right after it because the the quality and the intensity of the league is is very high and it's um obviously sometimes I, I think our club does a very good job of playing football and doing it the right way and it's attractive and nice to watch but you know how it is to go play away games in some of these places where it's not football at all and it's almost like war so it's like you have to adjust from going and playing at city ground and you're playing beautiful football in front of a jam-packed house at City Ground, which is amazing. And then you go to away game; it's also packed, but it's a very different game. So I think I've actually gr- um, it's grown on me, and I've grown to like the fact that the games can become so different in a matter of days days away, or if you're home or you're away and stuff like that. So I I would say that's the biggest thing um, I've taken because the intensity and then obviously the quality of the players and the league, and then. 
you have relegation and promotion. So that brings up another a different type of beast in teams <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's good. It's great, man. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, no, you're right, and and I remember those days as well because the the, the bigger clubs that are pushing for promotion tend to play a, a different brand of football, and then when you're playing the teams that are about to get relegated, it's just war. It's those long balls coming into the box or doing whatever they can to get a point or or get a win, and the games are so difficult. But but you're right, every every game uh, every game changes. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, literally, literally. How do some of those away trips and the intensity compare to, you know, going away to Cincinnati and Dallas? I feel like it's a little different. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. We we recently just went away to Peterborough and they needed to beat us to stay up. And we beat them one nothing. But like I said, the you know, the intensity, the, the fans as well, you know, they know what it means for their club to win this game. So they're up and at it the entire game. So it's, you know, it's different. It's like something... Um, obviously a very new experience for me uh, coming from MLS to see this side of um, things in terms of being in England and the way, the way they do things here. So yeah, it's a little bit different than uh, going away to Cincinnati. <laughs> so you arrive in forest, you know, in the midst of this, this playoff push. And if you rewind before you got there, before Steve Cooper arrived, it was a poor start to the season. He's done an amazing job there as Craig mentioned, but you arrived there in the thick of this race in this, this, this town that just loves its football. And I think for a lot of our listeners, the younger ones don't understand how big forest is. I, I grew up watching this team in, in the first division back in the eighties, one of the successful clubs in English football history. And there's a passion there. And, and there's a football culture that probably is a little bit foreign to you when you first arrived. Is it hard to escape football and the stresses when you're living in that environment? Yeah, no, it's it's everywhere. You you go out to get a coffee with your family, football's on the TV, people are speaking to you about football, people are talking about the games that have passed by, the games that are coming. So it is it is hard to escape, but honestly, I wouldn't change it for anything. That's um, It's perfect. It's what I've... <laughs> always said that um you know you you dream uh, of playing in these type of environments and you grew up watching like me and my brother watching the premier league every saturday sunday morning and then now you know it's literally just there so it's um it's great and like you said the fans here are they're all for it and it's amazing you know they're they're diehard forest fans they're generational forest fans you know people that have maybe even been forced to be Forest fans because their grandparents or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's cool to see versus um, being used to like growing up and I was able to pick what team I kind of wanted to support versus these people. It's almost like a religion and it's like, no, you, you were born into a family that supports Forest, So you're a Forest fan now. So it's, it's cool to see that. And you, and you get the energy when you, whenever you step into city Run, you can see their, just very very hard working people of the city and they love their football so it's um it creates a very good environment richie you mentioned the premier league uh you were a whisker away of promoted promotion directly to the premier league which was just incredible just to think that you're in the hunt for that obviously disappointed you're going to go through the playoffs the team's full of confidence and whatnot but it was just so close. Uh, and what a dream that would have been. And you also talk about your experience at where you are. I got to say, 
I'm just glad you're not at a club fight and relegation because your experience at the coffee shop would be a lot different. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been at the coffee shop if that was the case. Yeah, that would be a good plan. Yeah. I don't think they would give you a coffee. Uh, <laughs> Uber eats the Costa under a fake name for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Richie. So you're a popular figure, right? TFC fans love you. Canadian fans love you. You seem like a really nice guy, but you are like great at the shithousery of football as well. When you cross those lines, right, you are tough to play against. And that's why I think we've always really respected you as a footballer because you don't back down to anyone. Are you one of those guys that the minute you cross those white lines, a switch goes off and you're a different person? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have um, that to me and say you're, you're actually a lot nicer. Um, <laughs> they're off the field and stuff like that, you know, guys. Guys that have come to TFC, I'm friends with, or guys through national team, whatever it might be. So, um, I guess unfortunately I can say, or fortunate, so it helps me play. So, I guess I have to keep on the field. That's um for me, time to work, you know. Also, with the way my career is gone, I feel like I can't take anything for granted more. So, when I'm on the field, it's almost for me. I mean, versus it being like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna go leisurely go out like that. It's for me. It's I've seen rock ball, so I've promised myself, my family, that I'd never get back to that point. Again. So that's the um, the fierceness and maybe even shithousery sometimes that you see when I when I play because it's all all with good things. I wanna I wanna the highest level possible. I wanna achieve as much as I can achieve. You know, so that's why that intensity comes. You, you do a pretty good job, Richie, of actually controlling yourself and that controlled aggression. To be fair with you, um, you have to do that, especially at the international level. Um, but I like it. I, I like where you've been. I like your career path. I like your ambition. I like how you just want to go through brick walls when you get on the field. And I also love the fact that you're a gentleman off the field as well. You have the full package and you have a lot of fans here in Canada that are watching your every move. I tell you what, they're just absolutely so happy that you finally got your full debut. And, you know, down the road, we know you're going to be a regular there. Um, but at the moment, the team's doing incredibly well. And, we, you know, just wish Nottingham all the, all the best in this playoffs. It's going to be a lot of, lot of fun, a lot of uh, absolute passion, that's for sure. Yep, Sheffield United, the Blades coming up for mm. you, and uh, it's been you know, a tough place. The is doing good. Yeah, we we, we talk about this, uh, you know, the most expensive, rich game in football around the in sports, in fact, right? And that is the the playoff final. If you get there, so fingers crossed, you get there. Was England always the goal, Richie, for you, or uh, Europe always the goal? Yeah, Europe, uh, Europe, and experience football over here. Like I said, growing up, uh, my brother and I, the biggest thing for us, we want to want to both experience European football. So now that I'm here, it is uh, sort of pinning it down to one place. England was definitely a place in my mind. Like I said, hmm. across the globe, knows that this is the the mind when I was um, heard the interest from Nottingham Forest it was almost perfect and Richie what was England or Europe a goal for you as a footballer <laughs> yeah yeah I know for mine uh, growing up my brother and I that was those leagues you watch you watch La Liga Premier League Syria all of that Bundesliga so it's Europe was the ultimate goal just to get somewhere in Europe where I can experience European football. But then more importantly, um, 
England was uh, the Premier League was a league that we watched all the time. So to be able to come and uh, from the things I've heard about Nottingham Forest and how rich of a club it is, and everyone says it's a club that deserves to be in the Premier League, it was uh, the perfect opportunity for me to to come. And then as I've stepped foot in this place, the team's been on fire as well. So it's um, you know gradually just looked better and better and better, and then right until the end here now and we're about to enter playoffs in a really good way so hopefully the Premier League uh, goal for all of us is right around the corner Do you know Richie I was uh, I saw a tweet from from my old teammate Andy Reid who's in the academy and this week alone the F, uh, they've got the the youth uh, the young team is in the FA, FA Youth Cup final on Wednesday the women's team is in the County Cup final mm. then they've got the first teams in the uh, championship playoff semi-first leg. And then on Sunday, the under-23s are in the playoff semifinal. So just the, the success throughout the club and where they are right now, I mean, there must be some buzz around that organization. Yeah, it's, a, it's in a really good way right now. Everyone's excited. Like you said, the 18s, the 23s, the women, everyone is doing, and obviously us, the first team, everyone's doing something really good right now. So, yeah, right now – the city's buzzing. I think everyone's happy to be a forest supporter right now. It's a good times. Hey, Richie, they sing Mullican Tire when you come out uh, to play before the games. Uh, have you learned the words yet? I haven't. I sit there and I try to pick. A, I, I I take a word every every game and I add it to the to the vocabulary. <laughs> but it's, I'll tell you now, it's it it is it's some special. Uh, two or three of my friends have already come and visit and. They're obviously there for kickoff, and all three of them are like, "What was that? That's like that's nothing I've ever heard before." So, it is, it is, it's powerful right before the game to hear that. It's you can't even hear yourself think when they're singing it. It's insane. And they started singing that, I believe, in 1978 when they won the first division. I think the song was released by Paul McCartney and the Wings in 1977, and they've been singing it pretty much ever since. So there you go, fellas. If you didn't know, I know Jimmy doesn't have a Scooby Doo. What's going on as far as that song goes? But <laughs> I know the words to that song. <laughs> so both Jimmy and Craig actually experienced the city ground before they began singing it. That's nice. Good, good for that. Yeah. Well, also, before there was electricity as well, Listen, Craig. <laughs> uh, look, how, look how Richie, chuffed he is with himself. Look at, look at him smiling <laughs> over there. Hey, hey Richie, it's been some it. year for you, right? Obviously, the forest move was going to happen moving forward. And then, of course, that, that little process of qualifying for a World Cup. You're sitting there with a Canadian flag behind you on the wall. Obviously, you're a proud Canadian. Um, has it sunk in yet that when November hits, you're heading off to, to Qatar? Um, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think it actually has. Even after clinching at BMO Field and, you know, seeing all these guys on the field, all the, the older ones before us have laid the, the path down for us. Even then, it didn't really hit. And even, you know, when you're together with the guys celebrating, it was just for me, it was like a big fog of like, what like what's happening right now, you know? Maybe a little bit more when I actually landed here and my family and I were watching the draw live together in the living room. I was like, Oh, this is, this is actually happening. You know, we're going to hear Canada and we're going to see the ball get taken out. That says Canada on it, you know? So that made it a little bit more real, but um, yeah, maybe not fully. Maybe I think once we fully get there, that's when it will hit everyone and the group, I think more so, but yeah, I've just been kind of living in the moment. I've been all over the place this year as well, so maybe that's a little bit of it. So maybe once the off season gets around and I have some time to actually think and 
me by myself, I can fully appreciate uh, what's going on. And of or course, Canada was the last be... ball out of the draw too, right? Seemed fitting. Canada yeah, was the last it... ball out of the draw. The WhatsApp yeah. group chat must have been fire. You guys must have just been pinging for throughout the yeah, whole yeah. thing. <laughs> Richard, it'd be yeah, some we summer as well. You're two games away from being a Premier League player as well. And how nice <laughs> yeah. would that be? Yeah, I, I should I should just hang them up after that. To be honest, huh? yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's hopefully three three Jimmy, but. Well, Jimmy was talking about force, all the <laughs> all the success that force is having at every level. Uh, Richie, clearly, whatever you attach yourself to, like the whole program, just benefits. So I think there's there might be some Toronto Maple Leafs fans here that want to <laughs> hear you say that you're back in the Leafs and you're watching the playoffs in the middle of the night because whatever you're a part of, bro, it's it's good all around. <laughs> no, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. It's 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 good for me and good for everyone involved. So. Um... It makes me happy to see all these, like I said, these fans. I haven't been here long, but seeing these fans here are so excited and the fans in Canada are so excited about the national team. is It's all good things. It's nice to see your supporters happy and, and enjoying themselves because for me, that's what it's all about there. Hey, Richie, explain a little bit because this is important uh, as a player. Um, you have to separate that international and club football. And as exciting as it is with the international side of things, your bread and butter is club football. And you have to switch that off when you get into the club and almost put it right in the back of your mind. Do you find that that's basically the case for you? Yeah, that's what it was when I got back here. You know, I, I landed and um spoke to the gaffer very quickly they were trying to get me to go and go to the blackpool game and i just landed and the game was the next day so for me i was like you know quick turnaround you have to everything you just did is historic could could be um is the first time in a while and could be you know this is these are moments that don't come around very often it could be the one time in my lifetime whatever it might be that i see some of this happen so for me it was like all right you did you and your uh, nation, your nation did something amazing, but now it's like, not put it on the back burner, but it's like, all right, you did that. All right, check that off the list. Now it's, you know, back, back to forest. Haven't, haven't played yet. So let's get our debut. Let's start playing here. Let's start contributing here. So yeah, I was almost immediately, I had to like leave all of that um, national team glory and all the good stuff that was happening there within um, our country. I almost had to like, like I just said, check it off. All right, that's done. It's completed. Now the next mission's on now. So that's kind of the way I took it. Yeah, Richie, that that January window was just crazy. So many players, including yourself, hadn't played football for a while. And there's that real sense of anxiety in Canadian football. The man, what this is a huge window. What's going to happen? You know, our guys are rusty. And you come, you especially, you ran your, your ass off in that window. It was incredible. I mean, are you naturally, is it just genetics or is the Canadian sports science department just like jacking you guys up somehow? Cause I mean, that was one of the most impressive displays I think I've seen on a football pitch for a very long time. Yeah, no, they, they definitely do the guys over there, Cesar, Yannick and the whole peak team that we have, they're constantly in contact with us. They gave us programs during obviously cause I was in MLS off season. And so were a lot of the other MLS guys that we had packages that we were following. So I was in my off season and, you know, doing the runs and all of that. So that was definitely played a big part. And then I think uh, I am lucky to be um, naturally, I think, pretty uh, fit. So yeah, it, it, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that also helps. But yeah, that, that window, <laughs> that, that window was, was incredible from us to be fair, because you have a lot of guys that haven't played competitive minutes since probably 
the last window in November and or just a little bit um, after that and, you know, to come and get nine points in that window and then play two pretty tough away games, places I don't think um, – well, one of them, Canada, don't want to bring it up, but that was the 8 nothing game where we're in Honduras. So there's obviously a cloud around that game before we played it where, like, guys are probably thinking, oh, they're not fit. So many MLS-based players haven't had any minutes. And, you know, we go and win that game. We play U.S. at home, which – I feel like people are also nervy about not within our team or our bubble, but I feel like from the outside, you know, you go and win that game 2 nothing. And like you said, I think um, a lot of credit to the guys, especially in the U.S. game. Uh, a lot of us hit, like, personal best distance in Canada jerseys, and a lot of the guys that hit the distances were in offseason, actually. So it's, you know, just it just shows the will of the group um, to make it to this World Cup. So I think that window is what set us up. I like, I hate to say it, but I almost, once we left that window, I was like, we're qualifying for the world cup. Like there's no doubt in my mind, we're going to be in Qatar in November, you know? So that, I think that window was, was big for us. And as you know, as good as it is, we're becoming a footballing country, which is what I like. And even within our group, we were kind of critical of the way we even played in those three matches. Guys were like, ah, oh, we weren't fit enough. So you know, sometimes our football left us at times and blah, 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 you know, just stuff like that. And you sit back and you're like, all right, fucking hell, guys, we've got nine points here. What are you talking about? You know, so it's yeah. <laughs> it puts things into perspective, you know, where the group is pushing high limits. John's helping us push very high limits. And I think it just sets up the country in a very good way for us to be speaking and thinking like this, you know, which who would have thought that Canada gets nine points in a qualifying window and we have guys sitting around dinner table um reflecting the game saying that we think we could have been better so i think i think that's um all positive things hey speaking of that american game that you, you beat them 2-0 how was it going back into the forest dressing room when the american goalkeeper ethan horvath was sitting there <laughs> we yeah we joke we joked a bit uh after the game just through text and then after seeing him uh back at forest but um yeah, it's good. It's um, I was glad I was the one that won, so I was able to banter. So, <laughs> Richie, you talk a bit about the the chatter from the outside, you know, and and uh, I know that you guys hear a bit of it. You, players in general will will tune a lot out, but there's a real curiosity about this team, especially in England. The stories that we see about Canada in general internationally, like you've definitely made the world take notice. Uh, how much of that are you hearing, and how much are you you know just being asked about Canada in general, whether you know, people are generally curious or surprised or, or just love what they've seen. Yeah, no, obviously as, as a footballer, you see some of it, if it's even by accident, you stumble across it on social media, you're doing an interview and people ask you questions. You see a bit of it. I try not to even look at anything really at all, because, you know, I feel like that outside noise can distract you good and bad. You know, you hear good things about yourself and here you are thinking you're the, you're the next guy up or something like that. Or you hear someone saying you're the worst player they've ever seen. And, you know, that also puts you in a different headspace. So for me, it's everyone's going to have their opinions about you. And I think what I say goes hand in hand with what John Herdman thinks and the rest of the players and staff think there's going to be people that are going to say things about you with anything you do. So I think tuning that stuff out is really good. And I think we do a really good job of that and not let in media good. Like I said, and for the most part, this whole cycle, it's been really good things. And I think the best thing we've done is tuned it out. It was almost like, you know, you play a game and it's like, all right, he, John would say it best. All right, that game's behind us now. Great. Three points. 
on to the next game now. So, um, yeah, I think I think that was um, that's overall view of the outside noise on our team because, like I said, I think it's very easy for us, especially being a new nation of playing the football the way we're playing it right now. It's easy for us to have maybe gone through a few windows and started fading away because we let all the hype and all that stuff get to us. But I think you can see from how we consistently played, and I think the performances just kept getting better and better and better. It shows that, you know, we had a pretty clear mindset and we kept ourselves and within our bubble, you know. So I think that uh, was the biggest thing for us there. One more question, Richie. On that, you talk about the determination this team has and that fire and how you weren't going to listen to anyone else. You're going to qualify regardless. Um, now you're at the World Cup. A lot of people will say you've done the job. Canada's second ever World Cup berth. Um, no matter what happens in, in Qatar, everyone's happy. Is there any danger complacency will set in before those three or more matches? No, I don't think so. Because the first, it's it's actually funny. Um, when we qualified in Toronto, playing against Jamaica, celebrations, all that's happening. And, you know, a bunch of us were together and John walks by and he says, hey, don't celebrate too hard because we're, we still have one more game left where we want to go clean up. We want to go clean up shot basically. So I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Like we're, we're still going to go for it. And then even after we had qualified and you know, the groups came out and people are seeing Belgium, Croatia, all of that. And he's telling us, he's like, guys, we're, we're going to advance out of this group. That's what we're going for. Like we're not just settling to just go to world cup. And that's honestly something internally that we were speaking about as well. We were like, we're not just gonna, I don't want to go to the world cup and, just just to say i've went why why like why not it's football we're doing well we've come we 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 were the best in concacaf and i'm for in my opinion could have went undefeated so it's like why not like why not take our chances against yeah a belgium and a croatia you know it's going to be tough of course but there's like um one no harm in trying i think we have the players that we can go and surprise people i really do i think we're going to and I think we're going to. We're going to turn a lot of heads in this tournament because people are going to be like, oh, these kids came, you know, these guys came to play. They're from Canada. Maybe many people don't know much about any of us on the team apart from Alfonso and Jonathan David. But I think after the, the World Cup, people will be on notice from this side of the world. You know, I think we've kind of woken up people now in CONCACAF where it's like, all right, Canada's here and they're here to stay versus I think now we have to do it over on this side of the world and playing teams like um, Croatia and Belgium are great, great chances to make a big, big statement. It's a dream. Absolutely. Yeah, dream. I just love that mindset. I, I do. And any Canadian fans listening, you heard Richie say it. We're going to win the World Cup in November, <laughs> December. And, and what Richie touches turns to gold. So uh, right. take that to the bank, everyone. Richie, thank you so much, mate. I really enjoyed this. Uh, we all did. Good luck this week. And, uh, one of the biggest games in your career as Forrest gets one step closer, hopefully, to where they belong. And it pains me to say that with Jimmy Brennan on this podcast, but it is where they <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, a really fun chat that was, and we'll definitely get Richie back on. I say that about all our guests, don't I? Yeah, we must get you back on at some point, and we will, because all our guests are amazing, but uh, Richie especially, great perspective, really well-spoken, and uh, a guy that, Genuinely loves that Canadian flag. He is emblazoned on his wall behind him. You couldn't see it, of course, because you're just listening. But yeah, what, what a great guy. All right, Wonga. Um, the segment you brought in about two weeks ago is a, a uniquely named listener feedback. 
<laughs> now last last Very week original. it was crap it was crap feedback uh which is like self-grandiosing back-tapping yes. yes. crap because that's what i do sometimes is, is it better this time around it is it's uh from our friend bergman in the garage on ah. twitter we love him uh and he, he actually emailed me and said or uh twittered me tweeted me hey dan wong says <laughs> Saw a friend of mine who taught with me for a bit. Saw him for the first time in years, and he told me he was driving a truck across the border. I thought, huh, imagine that. It got me thinking. What would the crew from Footy Prime guys have done in their lives if football, soccer, media broadcasting was not the path they took? I hope that Bergman told him to listen to Footy Prime on his cross-country drives across the border. Yes, I'm sure he did. Bergman would have done that. So I'm going to start with you, B. What would you be doing if you weren't in football, soccer, media, broadcasting? I don't know if I would have had the studious hand for it. I may have quit, but I've always had such an interest in cars. I would have liked to have get into automotive design. Oh, that's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, I think a bit of engineering, a bit of math may have gotten the way, but I think I'm better at that than I was at goalkeeping. So, Would you design like family cars or sports cars or muscle cars or SUVs? I can see you designing <laughs> minivans. SUVs? Just because I'm from Windsor. Come on, man. What kind of car? Sports cars, man. I'd be a, I'm, a, I'm a European coupe or, a, you know, coupe. I like the, the sports sedan. Uh, I'm in that ilk for sure. What's your ideal car? If you had, like money wasn't an issue for you. Right, I know you love cars. My dream car. Money, yeah, your dream car. What is it? Aston Martin. Mini Cooper. Aston Martin. I loved the DB7. That was like my first introduction to that. You know, I wanted the Mini Cooper. I wanted a British Racing Green um, Mini Cooper S. Uh, never got one. And I don't think I'll have one now because I've got a giant. Eh, my German Shepherd is the size of me, so I don't think a Mini Cooper S would, would suit. Although a lot I, more space than you think. Jimmy, what would you be doing? Well, not many people know. I am uh, a Patty certified diver, and I would have liked to have been uh, a marine biologist. Thank you. But biology got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the diving part's fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, what holiday resort certification did you just name that you got there to Patty, go Patty is Patty. Jimmy, I'm a huge diver as well. I love it. Just love it. They hand those ones out. So National Geographic kind of stuff, uh, Jimmy? Yeah, I would have loved to. Get in a shark cage and all that. Jacques Cousteau? Oh, yeah. Get in a shark cage. Oh, what a reality. I would love to hang out with Jacques. do that now. Why don't we get the star to do that? Send us to some tropical destination like Tofino. Put him in a cage. Be awesome. Around some sharks. Great TV. Killer whales. Yeah. Craiger, what would you have done? Well, I haven't got such a high opinion in, uh, of myself as you guys, and certainly educationally-wise, you guys are passing some big-time courses, biology. Whew, that's pretty tough. You know, maths are tough. I, was, uh, I would be probably driving across the border in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Candy cane. Oh, just stacked with fucking drugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You and Wonger. Yeah. See it now. <laughs> there was a baseball and, pitcher. Well, hey, by the way, Stax, what, what would your what would your name be? You know, when they get on the on the radio. Yeah, on this, hey, this is Robert Breaker Rock. one nine. Breaker one nine. Yeah. Yeah, Breaker. Chris one Christopherson. Ball, one ball yeah. here. 
<laughs> one ball stacks. This is Smokey the Ball. Smokey the Ball. It is a one ball stacks. Over and out one nut. Over and out. That's right. Can somebody please hey. find me? <laughs> I was laughing my ass off the other day. Somebody tweeted out, said, hey, I'm a, what do you call themselves? He goes, I'm, I'm also a part of your club as a, cycl- uh, that's a cyclops with one ball in the sack. <laughs> the Cyclops crew. <laughs> <laughs> Just to put some relevancy to these comments, uh, please check out our podcast from last week with <laughs> Carducci. Fantastic interview. Um, Fantastic. We talked about having one ball. Yeah, um, it was a very means. candid, open and honest conversation about uh, yeah his his cancer survival. And the two of you guys are in a, a very unique club. Charm. It's not a club that was in really. Not, well, not yet. Sign up for a naked club. What's the membership? Can I join? Speak for yourself. The Cyclops Charms, Club. Charms. What's your? What are you going to be? Ah, uh, Jesus. You know, I'm kind of useless at most things. Um, probably professional snooker player. Oh. <laughs> that's what you would want to be oh would you be um no you know what i really considered joining the marines when i was about 16 actually so really? probably in this military services of some sort yeah mm. i didn't know you had probably. it in yet they'd take you i didn't obviously you'd be, so I didn't you'd do be it, the but... first guy shot <laughs> yeah send that idiot over it's the she... over the top Hey, he would end up shooting himself so we didn't have to go fight. You guys go, go. I've been shot. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'd be doing that too. Damn oh, right. yeah. I come a bit of a military family. You know, I think my, my, dad would have, my dad would have been a lot more proud of me if I was a Marine than, <laughs> than becoming than, a sports broadcaster. Than a rugby player? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Wonga, what about you? Oh, well, I didn't know you were going to ask, but... Uh... Yeah, you did. I like furniture. I build like <laughs> Dr. Zeus furniture that is actually real. Dr. Zeus. What you know you how mean? all those furniture is like, like wavy and like the Grinch is going through the house and has a TV that's got like, I love all that. Uh, furniture. So, you, so you'd be on acid and you would design furniture that was yeah. made for cartoon I'd, children. I'd carve or... it with the lathe and like, like all the tools. I love all that stuff. So a woodworker. Oh, what, the yeah. lathe. what the f- fuck are you talking about yeah work on a lathe you've never done a lathe where you're like oh, yeah. this and you create a baseball bat and do yeah, a, that's a spinny thing right it spins around yeah. quickly yeah and you break it down you make uh you know the end of posts and all that kind of stuff so you're handy right. that way Wunger? i'm fairly handy is that yeah, why your, your, your bathroom tiles haven't been fixed in a year well, just, over to your house uh, yeah still there and yeah. <laughs> no it's because it's tiles he's, he's, he's a wood guy no working right. sorry no no i'm good yeah. with most things but uh, i think the problem has been more about monetizing this podcast <laughs> it's covered with hey, a bin don't you're worry good about at that it. you're good at that one yeah. Yeah, yeah, i'm with you, you. I, yeah. I gotta do a fence in a, a backyard recreation but why do that when i can cut promos for twitter you know Thank you. it's priorities yeah a hundred percent all right, boys. Well, listen, that's our, our first and quite possibly our last show with the Toronto Stars, a partner. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I think we were relatively appropriate, but I enjoyed it. We're back on Friday with news and such. Uh, we'll talk some league championship playoffs on Friday. Also this past week, of course, Canadian Championship was played the early rounds. Uh, Jimmy actually was was pulled away from his, uh, his pod duties to report on some Canadian Championship games. So uh, we'll touch on that on Friday. 
and much, much more. Please like us, subscribe us, and please give us some decent feedback. Uh, Bergman, thank you. Great question. Anything's on the table, sports or otherwise. We'll chat to you next time. Cheers for listening. Footy Prime, the podcast, is brought to you by North Star Bets, now available in Ontario. Sign up at footy.northstarbets.ca. That's a win. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.